0: Welcome to Empire Sports Talk. This is Max O'Neill alongside Joe Tedesco. Today we have a very special guest. Izzy Xavier is here to join us. Izzy is from Ithaca College, like Carol Rich last week. He is a manager for the Ithaca College Bombers men's basketball team. And what we will discuss today on the show is the Raptors Celtics and Heat sweeping their first round series in the uh, East Luca having a huge forty-six. Excuse me, 43-16-13 performance the other day. Um, the Detroit Lions canceling practice and the Yankees have not played in the last five games. And so let's just jump right into it, guys. Welcome, Izzy, with the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat sweeping their first round opponents. Now the Heat are going to wait for the Bucs to take care of business. Um and so now uh Izzy, we'll start with you to talk about what impressed you the most from the three sweeps in the East.
1: Yeah, first I want to say thank you, Max and Joe, for having me on. Um really an honor. Um and and yeah, uh, thank you for asking me this question. And to be honest, um I'm a Western conference guy and um usually as history tells, like Eastern Conference just sucks, especially in the first round. Um so for me, to be honest, um, the only surprising series in the first round of the Eastern Conference was the Bucks Magic series, game one in particular. Um, I expected a sweep, um, but to be honest with you, I expected a sweep from the Miami Heat, right? Because in the regular season series, they played three times. The Heat beat them all three times. Um, and to be honest, like DeMontis Sabonis, Indiana's best player, wasn't active there. So they didn't have a fully healthy roster. Victor Oladipo was swinging back from a serious injury. So I um, wasn't expecting too much from Indiana. Um, and from uh, the Raptors, expected to sweep the Brooklyn Nets, you know, put up a good fight. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but my Raptors are my pick to go to the NBA Finals this year out of the Eastern Conference. Um, just because of the way they play, they play with confidence. I love head coach Nick Nurse, my coach of the year, definitely deserved it. Um, really love the way that he invigorates all his players to play their best. Pascal Siakam's made a huge jump. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, nothing really surprised me, to be honest, um, but um, it kind of just reinforced what I already knew coming in. And the Bucs, though, surprisingly, in my opinion, have a lot of pressure on themselves um, for Giannis because Giannis is coming up on – if he doesn't go to the finals this year, he's about to come up into a contract year, and um, he might not sign an extension, especially if they don't even get out of the second round against the Miami Heat. So um, really intrigued to see how that series goes and plays. But overall, um, nothing too surprising.
0: (laughs) Well thought out answer. I appreciate it, Izzy. Um, I think – and we'll go to Joe in a second. I think what impressed me the most out of those series was the way that the Miami Heat shut down TJ Warren. Before the playoffs started, TJ Warren looked like Michael Jordan out there. I mean, <laughs> he was beasting fifty point games and then they really completely shut him down. His highest scoring performance, let me look game Four, or excuse me, game three, he had 23 points. That's just not good enough when you play a team like the Miami Heat as deep as the Heat are, where they could toss out there at you, you know, like they did in game four. They tossed out a lineup of their starting five was out of Bio, Butler, Crowder, Dragic, and Robinson, and off the bench, they had a big impact from Olytic, from Derek Jones Jr., Iquidala, Kendrick Nunn, who might win the rookie of the year this year. He's not going to, but he's nominated. You know, Tyler Hero, Udonis Haslem, et etc. So what do you think, Joe? What impressed you the most out of the sweeps in the East?
2: I mean, definitely, um the heat, uh, you know, Impressive that they were able to sweep the Pacers. I didn't think that they were going to sweep them for sure. Um, I knew it was going to be a competitive series, and it ended up just being kind of a wash by the Pacers. I mean, they just weren't able to show up in any of those games. Um, Getting to the Nets and the Raptors, I mean, I, I expected the Raptors to sweep them if not winning five games, so that's really not a shock, but the biggest shock for me, I think, is the 76ers not even being able to win one game. Um, I mean, where, where are the stars there? I mean, Ben Simmons is, you know, I get he can't shoot, which is a big problem as a point guard, but I mean, you can't even get a game out of that. That's You got Embiid and Simmons there for a reason, and you know, I think it's just another mess um, kind of balling up right now in Philly. They just fired their coach, Brent Brown. Um, I mean, I don't think it was entirely his fault. I think that he wasn't the one that signed Tobias Harris to that big deal. Uh, you know, he wasn't the one that traded up to get Markel Fultz. Um, so I, I think... Philly is I mean it was a disaster this series how they weren't able to get one win and I mean even if Ben Simmons can't shoot I mean you're not gonna bench him it's a star-driven league you know you can't bench stars in this league and I don't even know what to say I'll, I'll be real honest with you I mean Philly's just in another dilemma that they're gonna have to figure out um even if they keep Ben Simmons you know what are they going to do with him? Because he is, you know, he's not 20 anymore. Um, Obviously not the best shooter out there. So I think, you know, with Embiid around there, I think you got to build around those guys somehow and get someone who could could shoot the basketball really well. But it was definitely a shock to me how they weren't able to win one game.
1: Yeah, I have to – uh, I was going to say, I've been an advocate, um, not saying this is a good thing, but I've been an advocate of Brett Brown um, getting terminated from this position. Um, and the biggest reason why, um, it's kind of what you saw in this series. Um, like, because Joel, I mean, not Joel, uh, Ben Simmons did go down in game one, right, and wasn't able to play for the rest of the series. But if you realize, like, the, the way that the roster plays, like, um, like a, I don't know if you saw Joel Embiid's interview post-game after the game four, reporter asked him, what do you think needs to improve from a coaching standpoint or what roster moves do you think needs to be made in order for this team to take to the next level? Um, I was really uh, shocked with his answer. He said, you know, um, he said, that's a stupid question. Um, I think Brett Brown, Brett Brown is my friend and um, nothing needs to change. And um, if you listen to a lot of great coaches, a lot of great players and great teams that have success, they don't call like their coach, their friend, like they call their coach, like their coach, right? Cause they, the coaches usually just drive them, push them to go to that next level. That's interesting." And Brett Brown, um, you hear around the league, Brett Brown is a, is a friendly, good, nice dude. Uh, the problem is, like, he doesn't have that Greg Popovich or um, Doc Rivers mindset to where, like, you need to do this, do that, right, be exceptional in your role. Like, if you see Joel Embiid, when he catches, he's the, most, he's the biggest guy in the league. And most of his catches and most of his shots are around the perimeter, taking threes, right, people blame him for not, you know, going to the post and, you know, being a, a man amongst boys. But the problem is, like, their coach never, you know, tells them, hey, do this, do that. He never tells Ben Simmons, hey, I need you to take the jump shots, right? He's more of that, like, nice coach to where it's like, you know, do your job, buddy-buddy, and uh, my opinion was like, this, this needed to happen because those young players need that push to be told, like, hey, like, you're only going to be great if you do these things, right? And if you want to take that next level, uh, things are going to happen. I am I'm, I'm agree with you, uh, Joe, when you talked about like their contracts, like Tobias, a five-year deal. Like, you deserve a five-year deal if you're like a Giannis or if you're LeBron. But if you're Tobias Harris, which is like a really good role player, I don't think he deserved that kind of contract. So from it the could be off,
2: a five-year deal for him, but it just the amount of money he got was
1: yeah, pretty. Yeah, it's not like a five-year contract with that like money. That's that's All like right, a right. problem player. So that's that's what I mean. Five so you there, um, but um, from an office standpoint, that needs to change more for them to succeed and do well.
0: And I uh so that's interesting about Brett Brown. I didn't see that Joel Embiid just said that. When do you guys blow it up in Philly? Do you give it a few more years before you really sort of take a look at blowing it up?
1: Um, uh,
2: That's kind of tough. I mean, it's a really weird situation they're in because they have two stars. I mean, Ben Simmons is a star. In my eyes, he is a star. But the way the league works today, you have to be able to shoot. And, and Bede is a better shooter than him. I mean, he's a center, so it's it's really just a weird situation. I think that you keep them together. Uh, let's see how the next coach does with this uh, this one-two punch, if you want to call it that. Um, because you know, this was the only coach that they really had together. Um, so yeah. let's let's see if the coach changes it. I don't think it will I'll be honest with you but it can um, you never know um, and also I think that they they made some some bad moves the GM there I mean he got Al Horford I mean I don't I didn't think they needed size personally in the offseason but you know they added him and obviously that didn't help I think they just need more shooting that's a bottom line.
1: Yeah, a lot of people said that last year's roster was better than this current year's roster. And I feel like I was one of the only people that was like, no, like this Jack and Josh Richardson isn't a better player than Jimmy Butler. And you're losing a lot with J.J. Redick. Um, but I agree with you when, uh, when Joe says, you know, let's see what the new head coach does. Um, and I feel like we need a, like a, a Popovich type of person to where like, we can really emphasize like, them actually doing their job, what they need to do to be successful and play collective as a unit. Um, and not really have personality, so I want to see how the next coach does, and um, I feel like they got to keep these two together um, until then.
0: Who do you guys hire if you are the, if you're Elton Brand, and you're hiring a new head coach for the Philadelphia 76ers, who do you hire? I know who, I have an idea of who they should hire, but who do you guys think they should hire? Um, Like candidates or just one person? Just one person. You're in control. You're
1: you are um, the GM. So Yeah, for me it'd be it'd be pop. It'd be pop. Um, because why would he leave though? Well, I'm saying like if like, it could be anybody though, right? Or you're saying that like the most likely person.
0: I mean if it could be anybody, we could say that they're gonna hire you know, Red Auerbach or somebody. Well, I mean, Red well, has that... been dead for ten years.
1: I mean like you mean like current coaches? Yes. That, that's that's a more
0: resistance or? in both the division one to, you know, NBA game. From assistance to you know, so it could be John Shire from Duke. You know, Coach or, <laughs> you know, Coach Shire, one of my favorite players in Duke history. Or it could be, you know, Greg Pavovich.
1: Um
2: so. I I think they should go after a former Philly player. Um, you know, if you really want to bring it back, you can bring back Dr. J. I mean, I know he's up there right now, but he knows what it takes to win. That's
1: uh, a
2: good I don't know. I would say Mark Jackson. He's a great candidate out there, um, but I'd say that the Knicks should get him instead of uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Off the top of my head, I, I don't really know, but I'll be honest with you, I, I just don't think the coach is going to change that much. I think that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I, I just don't see it working together past one more year.
1: That's a hot take. Yeah, I, just, I, I feel like it'll work with just the right person. Obviously, the dream candidate would be Greg Popovich. Um, interest, I don't know if you heard this next, but um, Jay Wright uh, from Villanova. Um, was his name was sold around there. Um, I don't that's who,
0: that's I, don't who, who like, I was thinking about.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's gonna leave, leave Villanova. Um, he'd but, stay local. I mean, like, I mean, because Coach K a while back you know, had a bunch of different offers, but he decided to stay at Duke. So I kind of see him as like the Coach K um, type. But he'd be a great coaching candidate. But But um, realistically, um, like, yeah, I like I like Jackson. I like um, even Tyloo. Um,
0: so yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about Jay Wright, but he could be you know a college coach only, and he could be if he does leave, he could be one that doesn't work. Like you know, John Calipari is one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time, but you know, struggled in the NBA. And you know, um, we can a little bit chalk that up to the bad pick of Carrie Kittles over Kobe Bryant, but that's a discussion for a different day. Uh, may the Mamba rest in peace. Um, And so moving on now, guys, we're going to look at the Western Conference side of the NBA playoffs. As in a game four win, Luka dropped 43-16 of 13, including the buzzer beater, to win there at the end. Um, can he repeat those heroics tonight, in your opinion?
1: I win the game or just get that stat line.
0: Just, you know, beast out again.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think he can get another triple double. Um, a lot of folks were saying at the beginning of the series that the Clipper's going to win five um, or four, even. Um, but I said since day one, the Clipper's going to win six. Um, because, you know, Lucas, 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 like, for real, like, um, like this kid isn't going anywhere and he's only 21 years old. So, um, Without KB, he's the only player on that team too. Yeah. Like only like really star prominent player. Like they have other really good role players, but like in terms of superstars, like he's the only one. So I think that series is going to go six. I don't, in terms of him winning a game, um, I don't think it's going to happen again, especially after having his loss last time. um, But, yeah, I think uh, Luca's going to put up great numbers, but um, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are going to win for the rest of these playoffs.
0: I don't know. I see this series going seven. Seven? Uh, This is my favorite series in the first round. As I said on the podcast last time, this is easily my favorite series in the first round because I think Luca's a beast. I think when he's healthy, Porzingis is a beast, and I love – Kawhi and Paul George. I think Kawhi is one of my favorite players in the NBA. I think he's a beast, and I think he wins every place he goes. So please come to the Knicks, Kawhi. Uh, and you know, I
2: think it's a little late for that.
0: Yeah, he's going to be a free agent again in a few years. When we're ninety years old and come to the Knicks, he'll be hundred and ten, and you know.
1: No, oh,
2: yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be something. Maybe the NBA will, will turn to a, a Cane League then, and then maybe we have a shot.
0: Maybe. That is if that uh, asteroid doesn't kill us before Election Day this year.
2: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that the the series could go seven, um, but I, I do agree with uh, Izzy here. I think the Clippers are going to wash the Mavericks out. They're going to move on. Um, yes, Luka is a phenomenal player, but but he needs help. I mean, he needs at least Chris Stops to be healthy. And right now, I don't see them beating Kawhi, Paul George. I think that duo is – they got a shot to go all the way. I mean, they got a shot to beat, you know, not only the Mavericks, but they got a shot to beat the Lakers, which is their biggest goal. And I think that they have a good chance of doing it. And I think uh, right now, looking at these – This scoreboard right here on NBA.com, the Clippers are winning 33-18 in the first quarter. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It's only the first quarter, but...
0: And Luca uh, has six points on three of five shooting, so...
2: Luca's is a special player, and I heard Stephen A. say this morning, he thinks he's the best white boy that he's ever seen play basketball.
1: Since Larry Bird.
2: Since Larry Bird, yes. Um... (laughs) Listen, that's, that's possible, man. I mean, a
0: big compliment.
2: I mean, Dirk was something special as well, but I think he's got a chance. He's got that potential to be up there with Larry Bird. I'm not kidding. I mean, all he does is score the basketball. He's just gifted. And yeah. I think he's going to be the face of that franchise, if not already, but... I think the Clippers are going to come out of this series, if not six, seven.
0: say seven. Um, And I thought that shot will go down as like a legendary basketball shot. It's not going to be like in the upper echelon of shots in NBA history. But, like, it'll be remembered. Like, when Luca retires in 15 years or whatever, like, it'll be on his YouTube highlight tape. Yeah. I think, like, without a doubt.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I think any shot you hit, any buzzer beater you hit to win the game in the playoffs, especially, he's legendary. So, it was a phenomenal game from him, 43 points, scoring every which way. That guy could score. is a scoring machine. But to be able to beat the Clippers – with the roster they have, single-handedly, he's going to be tough for him. I say Clippers come out of that series.
1: Yeah, and there's an APB out for Paul George. Um, <laughs> <laughs> real talk. Like, he needs to show up. <laughs> he really needs to show up. I've not seen him. Like You see his stat line from the past couple games. Like He is – I don't think he's going to 15 points. Like, he only especially. has – I mean, He hasn't gone over 20, I know that for sure. Um, but he needs to show up and show out in order for the Clippers to actually um, – Win the series. That's why I feel like they're going to win in six because he's going to step up these next couple games. He has nine
0: tonight. So, I really good. On four or six shooting, Kawhi has 13. Um, so, that's huge. Do you think so? Let's say that the Clippers do win this series in seven. How far can they take this? Do you think they take this until they play the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals? Do you think they have a chance to beat the Lakers? Because the Lakers are really cooking with gas right now. They had a huge win last night by 20-something
2: points.
1: Um,
2: Yeah, I'm just going to say that I hope that the Lakers and Clippers play each other in a series because without question, I think that's going to go seven games. And right now, both teams are on a mission. Obviously, Clippers, this is the first year of that duo, and they're very hard to beat. But LeBron, the Lakers, AD, they want to win because of Kobe. They want to bring home that title. And LeBron is, I mean, obviously he's well-rested. He's gotten, what, four months of rest, no games. Last year, he missed the entire playoffs. So I think he's well-rested. Still think he's the best player in the league. And I think um, that if they play each other, like I said, that series will, will go seven games for sure. And I really hope they play each other because I will watch every minute of that series. Tell. Do you
0: find, Izzy, that, like, here in the city, there's way more Knicks fans than Net fans. And it's really like it's – it's a rivalry, but it's not, like, a rivalry. You know what I mean? Like, do you find that in L.A. you see as many Clippers gear, you know, people walking around in Clippers gear as Lakers gear, or is it really Lakers, like, 99% of the time?
1: It's weird because ever since they started, you know, when they signed K- Kawhi and traded for PG, like, you see these new Clippers fans just popping up everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> where have you been? Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't consider – I mean, I guess you could say these two teams, there's, like, a rivalry now. Um, but in terms of, like his franchise history, um, there is no history for the Clippers. Um, so, it's a, it's a Laker town. That's, that's the truth. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the Lakers and Clippers are going to reach uh, the Western Conference Finals and play against each other. Um, but I think the, the key for the Lakers winning that series um, is their, their role players to so just hit shots. Because you know the LeBron, maybe you're going to be the constant. The only thing that's going to change is the players and how they perform in that situation. Because I know the Clippers can be motivated. Because um, every time they play us, it's always like a, it's always a show. Everybody always wants to see it. And they always, we always play our best. So it's up to our guys to hit shots. And I think if they do, um, we'll go on to the finals.
0: And so now, moving on here, we're going to discuss um, the fact that the Detroit Lions canceled practice today and the Toronto Raptors talked about opting out of their game tomorrow after the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Blake's father has announced today that he will be um, paralyzed from the waist down permanently. Um, he, as far as I know, is still in uh, serious condition in the hospital, but if he ends uh, safety, Duran Harmon of the lions addressed the media today, one of three lions to address the media. And he said, quote, as a team, we looked each other in the eyes and realized that football isn't important today. We have a platform that we are able to use, not just to raise awareness, but to create change. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you guys think of that? And do you think, other teams should explore not playing, not practicing to spend time um, shining a light on this issue that has been a huge issue so far, for a long time, but so far this year, of um, unarmed African-American men particularly, but women as well, being shot at the hands of police.
1: You can go first, Izzy. Yeah. Um obviously it was wrong. Um, I don't know if you heard LeBron's interview yesterday, but um he got like shot seven times and um and honestly it's a miracle that he's still alive. Um, to get shot that many times and still be here. Um but it's really unfortunate that he's paralyzed in the waist down. Um that's really unfortunate to hear. Um, um I mean it's great. Uh, that the Lions want to use their platform to just show that they, you know, really care and want to do something about this. But I was kind of telling you this the other day, like, Max, it's, nothing's, I mean, saying stuff is really cool, showing cool gestures is great, but, you know, what's the actual change? Like, what's actually going to prevent, you know, another Gianna Taylor or the next Jacob Blake, right? Um, and I know LeBron, quoted, he said, like, it really starts in November, right? And it's voting, just the idea of voting, right? Uh, people into office, right? Propositions, right? Things that are actually going to make real change in this world um and that's where it starts um and yeah i I don't think the raptors i don't think raptors i think the raptors are going to play their game um i think they just wanted to send a message out there um so i think that's going to continue to go on but um it's great to keep the conversation going um but i was telling you this too like um we can't really it's hard because we can't really control what people think right if you have a perception about someone else you, you can't really just change it's like it's like like, let's say you have a view against say you have a view against the, the Brooklyn Nets. You really hate the Brooklyn Nets, right? But no matter how much I emphasize how the Brooklyn Nets are a really good team, you're not going to change your viewpoint on them because you're standing firm in that, right? And that's why it's really hard, right? Um, some people don't understand, like, why, why, you know, we want equality, right? Um, we can't change our perception of how you look at Black people, right? So that's why it's really hard to really, you know, push forward and actually change the way people think. Because uh, it is asking a lot, but at the same time, all we want is to be treated the same. Um, so um, unless somebody, something legal gets enacted to where they actually have the fear to where they have to second ask, ask themselves a second time, hey, is this okay for me to do? Then we'll actually see some you know, real change, especially in the, in, in the police force. So I think that's what needs to happen. Um, so yeah, shout out to the Lions for using their platform, um, but obviously more needs to happen. I agree.
0: And I think really quickly here that I think there needs to be more in that regard. There needs to be more. And athletes have and they should continue to advocate for community policing. Because I think a lot of these issues come about in that there are, you know, I don't think there are a lot of police officers in this country who just spew the N-word daily and just despise black people I think it's a it's a fear of the unknown and a fear of somebody different than you that doesn't look like you and that you see on the news you know you see the news um, from bad areas unfortunately which we could talk about bad areas a different day but you know of African Americans you know committing crimes And so they, you know, that is ingrained in their head. Whereas I think that is not in, you know, ingrained in obviously your head, Izzy, or Joe in my head because of where we grew up in that, you know, Joe, you grew up near the city. And so, you know, I'm sure you went to school. Like I went to school with white people, black people, Asian people, gay people, straight people, everybody. Izzy, you're from LA? It's the same thing as New York. It's you know everybody is you know lives out in LA. Everybody lives in New York, and so we rub shoulders. Um, back when you could stand with people, you know. Rest in peace to that. Uh, um, unfortunately, you know. But you know, with these people, and you know, understand that there's nothing scary about them because they regularly, human. you know what I'm saying yeah so go ahead joe
2: yeah i I just think that I mean, I don't know what you know really goes through these cops' heads though, because after watching that video i mean and then hearing that there's three kids in the car, three of his kids in the car, and they had to watch that it's like I mean the cop can kind of use his brain, i mean the worst case he should have done was i mean if he thought that you know, the guy was going to pull a gun on him, which is tase him and, you know, try to get him down to the ground. He doesn't have to shoot him seven times. I just, I don't understand what the thought process of that. And I really don't know how he's still alive. How do you get seven yeah. sometimes and live? That is a miracle working from God. And I'm very thankful that, you know, he's still alive. And, um, I know you said, unfortunately, he's probably going to be paralyzed, but it's better than, better than being dead. i put it I that way. Like um, but at the same time, I do agree with Max, where it's kind of the areas where the cops are located in, you know, they see it's a 10 lot o'clock. of crime. <laughs> they see a lot of crime. Sorry for the interruption again, but they see a lot of crime. In those areas, but yeah, so they see, they see a lot of crime in these specific areas, and it's always in the back of their head saying, oh, well, you know, these guys have illegal weapons maybe, and, you know, you never know when another crime's going to start, and it's unfortunate that it's like that, um, you know, from better areas. I mean, there's good and bad areas everywhere, but... From where I grew up, I mean, mostly everyone, you know, it's not a crime area. Let's just put it that way. Um, so I was fortunate to grow up in that. And and there's still, you know, a diverse amount of people here, too. I mean, I, I went to school with African-Americans, uh, Jewish, you know, any background, you name it. My school had it. I was friends with everybody. Um, so... I think it's the area that kind of affects it. And uh, getting to the Detroit Lions, finally, Um, you know, I don't mind them kind of shining a light on this, but I don't think that other teams should unless they are going to personally when they're off have a – like, you know, not a ceremony, but almost a peaceful protest just stating – what needs to be done, what needs to be changed. I I don't think that um, if, you know, just tweeting about it on social media on their day off is going to be enough. I say that if they do get a day off and they do decide to do that, go out, protest peacefully. Um, You know, so far there hasn't been any problems with NFL players or professional sport players that do protest. It seems like everyone is with them when they have, especially when George Floyd, unfortunately, passed away. So I think that uh, if they do do that, that'd be something good, um, of course. And, you know, for these police officers, I I just, I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, they gotta just start making the right decisions. And yes, all cops aren't like that. In fact, most cops aren't. I mean, they're, they're here to help, but these cops that I'm seeing on these videos, I mean, so, like, come on, I mean, you could use your head a little bit more
0: and I agree with Izzy and I agree with LeBron and Megan Rapinoe and a lot of athletes in their campaigns to vote because the easiest way I think that athletes and everybody in this country you know has a voice is by choosing who they put into office, whether it be, you know, Donald Trump or Joe Biden or, you know, Savante Myrick or whoever the case may be. Kanye. Kanye, you know, whoever. And shout out to Savante Myrick if you're listening. Uh, (laughs) The Ithaca Mayor, Joe. Um, But, you know, that I think is a good campaign that athletes have been doing. I... As we've said on the show before, I fully expect, and I can't believe that we're discussing this again on the show, Joe. But I think I fully expect at least 99% of the NFL to kneel this year after the very high profile killings of now three black people in this country this year alone. And that's only the ones we've heard about because they were, you know, they made the news. Right.
2: Yeah,
1: um. the, the the Lions used like their practice platform to do it is because um, more people would actually pay attention and, and see that happening, right? So uh, it it makes more noise on like social media, on news outlets, if saying uh, a NFL football team a practice just to protest, rather than them being at their homes going outside, right? Because you don't really know a lot of people at the Lions outside of probably Jerry Slay and Matt Stafford, right? So. Um, I think it fun just both a bigger message rather than not doing a happy practice that day. Yeah, there's
0: thousands of tweets now on Twitter. I looked up lions, you know, uh, and it's everybody from ESPN to you know talking about it on NFL Live today to PBS to the Washington Post to you know uh, TMZ. You know everybody, so it's really. I think it is a way to get the message out there in a way that I agree is more impactful than um, just the tweet. Because as I said on the show before, you know you can block somebody on Twitter, and then you don't have to see their you know tweets anymore. But this is you. You're not gonna block all of these new sources. And, you know, you it's really out in the open getting the message out that what happened to Jacob Blake is unacceptable.
2: Yep, I definitely agree. And I think that – I said this on the show before that, um, unfortunately, you know, for me, I always looked as, at sports as a way to escape from – everything and kind of just you know get everything off your mind whether it's corona or um you know just people that were looting and and just doing things that you know brings negativity uh it was it was a way to escape and finally you know we have sports back which is good because now we can actually watch games and and get your mind off of stuff like this um, we should definitely bring attention to it though. This is something that needs to be changed. I mean, you can we can't go on like this. This is, it's, it's ridiculous how these people are just, are dying innocently like this. And yes, they, they are resisting the cops, which they shouldn't be doing to begin with, but shooting isn't the answer. I mean, like I said, worst case, I mean, I'm not a cop. I, I, I didn't go to the academy. I don't know what they teach, but. You know, I, I would think worst case is just to tase them. I mean, that's not going to kill them. That's just going to put them down and, and not make them do anything if you think that they're a threat to you. So um, I think the Lions, they did a good job by putting this in the spotlight again just to bring more awareness. And I think that, like I said, I'm happy that sports are actually back when this topic unfortunately came about again. Because last time me and Max talked about it, George Floyd, you know, we're still in the middle of sports um, on pause. So that is one thing I am happy about.
0: I think sports serve, and going off what you said, Joe, I think sports serve very well as a sort of distraction from the world, but a, also a way to view the world. Um, because these are, you know, because these are human beings with opinions about the world. Like you and I have opinions, like, you know, the three of us have opinions and they, you know, express them with the platform that they have because they have a bigger platform than, you know, the three of us, unfortunately, at the moment, you know, um, and yeah, so I mean,
2: today, I mean, just one more thing real quick today is sports is an escape in a way, but it's also not because I mean, you're still, you're still seeing all these sports players, um, bring up these topics, which is not a bad thing. I mean, they should be bringing up, especially what just happened for awareness. So people get educated and, you know, they know, uh, that this is a big deal for people to want to see change, especially in this incident incident that happened. So um, I think that it is good that players do bring awareness.
0: And let's bring Izzy back in here.
1: Oh yeah, I completely agree with um, both of you guys. Um want to bring awareness, but it's even more important to have change. And – um that's what's really gonna make a difference but ron also said in the interview that um you know it takes for a person to get a master's degree right they have to go to college and at the end of it's probably around six to eight years and they don't even get like the job of the ideal position that they want right after grad school like they have to work for it right but um he said at the police academy it takes like a year or two or three um to pretty much become a fully qualified police officer um so he said you know something in that training needs to i guess like Different, whether it's like them teaching something else about, you know, about like not judging people by the way they look, um, or not being fearful of them. Um, I feel like something in the training probably needs to change, um, or just for them to think different, because not everyone comes from diverse backgrounds like we do. And we do the people that we interact, I think that's going to be huge. Um, some people, you know, are used to being around people that just look like them, and when they see someone else, they might be fearful or unknown about what that other person thinks or is going to do. And um, that needs to change and when they get educated about um, job of being a police officer.
0: I agree with that. I think there should be more training because I think we see it, you know, every time these stories come up, unfortunately, you know, we see it and we see the um, other side of it. I've seen at least a lot of videos somewhat recently on Twitter Of the way that police officers deal with African Americans versus the way they deal with white people, and you know, police officers being chased by white people, you know, white men with machetes or whatever, and taking non lethal force versus, you know, a guy going to his car and they shoot him seven times in the back from close range, you know, from point blank range.
1: Um, it's wild too, because like I mean, like police officers that did have that negative, even per- if they had a negative perception on black people, if they were afraid of them, like they saw what happened with George Floyd and like that police officer, right? And like I don't know why, like I, like what, I, don't, I don't know if something would come across their brain where it's like you know that might be me if I do this, but I guess they didn't really think about that and decided to just shoot him seven times. So,
0: yeah, That's- I wonder about that too. I think like, because you know that um you know cell phones are out there and that you're being you have the chance of being recorded at all times when you're in public you know and you still on um, carry out these actions makes no sense to me personally what do you think joe
2: yeah absolutely i mean like i said you know they didn't they didn't learn uh from last time and it's uh it's crazy because you know, you had all these protests, you had all these things about, you know, why'd you kill George Floyd? Everybody clearly saw the video in the country, unless you live under a rock. I mean <laughs> so there's there's no way you could say, Oh well, you know, I didn't learn, I didn't really hear about that. And I also think that this stuff happens even when people aren't looking and and not recording um, on their phone. I think it happens think all the time.
0: I think I, that's the most dangerous. Sorry to interrupt you, Joe. Yeah, no problem. I think that's the most dangerous when people aren't recording it because then what happens to all these think people? They can that,
2: get away with it more.
0: You know, what happens to all of these people that the same thing is happening to them, but they don't have a leg to stand on because – you know, they don't have the, you know, resources to fight it. And there was, you know, no video. Like, you know, take bringing it back to sports for a second, like this story the other day about Messiah Jury. Um, I'm sure you two guys, I'm sure both of you saw this video of the you know, last year when the Raptors, for those of you that don't know, last year when the Raptors won the NBA championship, they president of basketball operations one of the best g m s in the entire n b a messiah jury he um was he was sued by a cop um for mental distress and physical distress and you know loss of income because the cop says that in making his way down to the floor to celebrate with his team messiah jury pushed him. Um, whereas the body cam of the officer came out and it showed that the cop was actually the aggressor and that Messiah Jury was calmly walking towards him, pulling out his um, pass that says, you know, his credentials that says he could be on the floor and the cop cussted him and shoved him back. And it's very much a sort of it very much and I you know, I think Izzy could speak to this, obviously, way better than I can. But I think it's a very much attitude of sort of, even though you won the championship and you're celebrating with your team, sort of stay in your place. Like,
1: yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. And it also sucks, too, because that kind of killed the moment of the Raptors winning the first ever championship. And from the, side the of team he built, of, yeah, and and he has to go through it's like court cases just to resolve this issue, to where the media perceives him as you know someone who was aggressive, and someone who pitched him, right? And if you think about it, majority of people probably believe that report. Um, and if you talk to people around the NBA, everyone always says Messiah's a nice guy. I would never believe that actually happened. And Messiah's over there thinking like, how people actually believe I actually did this is horrible, right? But then the video cam comes out. Now everyone sees that he didn't he wasn't aggressor at all. He was trying to get into the onto the court, showed him his credential, and the officer just pushed him. And then confrontation happened. So um, it really sucks. Um, and yeah, I mean now the conversations are changing. And uh, I really emphasize folks to go look at that um, interview the had post-game um, on Mama Day yesterday. Um, when he talked about just pretty much being an African American and uh, growing up where he lives in the projects how difficult that was so that was a really good interview for people to look at um, yeah
0: what do you think Joe
2: yeah I think LeBron has the biggest foot in all the sports not just basketball uh that um he was able to uh you know speak out about this issue again and You know, everyone's going to listen to him. He is LeBron James, 99% or maybe 95, I'll I'll say, of people like LeBron. He's a very loving guy. I mean, not just on the court, but off the court and what he does. Um, Now, I do think that, you know, no matter what color, what race you are, you know, it just – it really – it just has to stop with police brutality. It's just, I don't know. I'm just very, very upset that we continue to see videos like this where a cop shoots somebody seven times when clearly in the video, um, you know, I don't know what was in his car. I, I don't want to say and assume that he was going to get a weapon. But like I said earlier in the video, I mean, you could just tase him. You do not have to kill him. And there was three of his kids in the car. That makes it terrible. That is the whole story just right there. I mean, you don't want three kids. And the oldest kid I heard was eight years old and the others were younger. I mean, if you're eight years old or younger, that's something you do not want to see. And unfortunately, those kids, they're going to have to live with it. And especially because it was their father.
0: That scars somebody for life. Imagine, you know, sitting in the car and seeing your father shot in point blank
1: range. No, like that. Not, I
2: cannot. I I don't That's imagine.
1: Terrifying. That. But I mean, like, I'm just glad he's alive, because um, then we can get his perception on kind of the whole thing. Because yeah, I can't believe the- he's
2: alive. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, because I mean, the other folks all passed away that were a part of these major incidents. So. um it's, it's can't wait to hear his perspective. Um,
0: Do you guys think this is a turning point, in that you know that all of these incidents are receiving as much media attention as they are, and you know that there this could now open up to sort of a second civil rights movement, if you will, and a sort of um, you know sort of fixing of race or you know a, a step closer to fixing race relations in this country
1: I think what's really cool is that our generation is different from all previous generations right the fact that we go to school or interact with different people we have no issues in doing it like it, it's natural with the majority of people that are around our age so um in terms of moving the conversation forward if you think about it most people that have these negative perceptions are fearful or a lot older um so um things are going to start to die down over time um but to be honest like these issues have been going on for a long time like you kind of said like there's incidents where there aren't any cameras where there aren't other people looking and you know minorities get taken advantage of um but it, it really start really starts um like in in in, in the voting. like it, it really does, because if nothing's like on pen and paper and, and and signed as a federal like law, like nothing's really gonna you know change. But this conversation will continue to happen, and until that that we get to that point, um, we might have more incidents like Jacob Blake, that, you know, happen again. So that's my thoughts. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm just happy that, like I said before, sports is actually resumed so we could watch these games and, you know, try our best not to think about it um, as much. And also I think because sports is back, um, it gives players even more of a stage because they're always being interviewed constantly. They're always on TV and they're always at press conferences answering questions and giving their opinion. And now they have, um, more of an opportunity to do so.
1: Um
0: And so the New York Yankees, the last thing we're going to talk about today, the New York Yankees, they are um, not playing again tonight. They didn't play all weekend. Their last game came five days ago. It a loss to the Tampa Bay Rays because they were supposed to play the Mets this weekend. However, the Mets had two positive cases of coronavirus on their team, which delayed, uh, which postponed the Yankees series this weekend, unfortunately. And then the Yankees got rain out, rained out um, tonight in Atlanta, which is unfortunate. You know that's something that you can't control how much does this layoff hurt the Yankees they're going to play a four ten game tomorrow and a 7-10 game um, tomorrow both seven innings how much does this hurt them being off so long or alternatively how much does it help him as the Yankees are one of the most injury-prone teams in all of Major League Baseball where it seems every day people are going on to the I.L.? How much does it help them alternatively to not have games where people have the possibility of getting hurt?
1: Uh, let's you, Joe. Joe, we'll start with.
2: Oh, okay. Um, I think – I was just about to say that it's either going to hurt them or help them because – and I think overall it will help them because the Yankees are a stacked team with so much talent that I think eventually, you know, even though they were on a little bit of a losing streak with Tampa, um, they will pick it up again. They've shown that in the past that they can win a lot of games, and I think that this team's going to turn it around immediately. Um, And I think (laughs) – All these days off, um, you know, made them forget about Tampa. And I think it's a fresh start for them. And I think it's going to be a norm for a lot of sports today um, just to expect to be off for a few days if a team comes down with Corona. Um, I think
0: especially with no bubble that'll be the case. Because the bubbles work. We've seen that. I don't know why Major League Baseball didn't think of creating a bubble. I think maybe there's too many people.
2: There's just too uh, many yeah there's too many players. It's it's really hard.
0: And staff or whatever.
2: Um they could have created multiple bubbles.
1: Yeah. That's what I was thinking having at these three locations. With,
2: like divisions and stuff. But um
0: regional bubbles, northeast, you know, southwest, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you know, I think that the Yankees will definitely come out with a positive outcome from this. And Garrett Cole is supposed to pitch tonight. Unfortunately game is canceled. Um I think tomorrow he will pitch and
0: I think he's pitching game one tomorrow. Let's see. He's pitching um Yeah. He should be Game one tomorrow against Ian Anderson, um, and then the game two starter for the Yankees is Tanaka against Max Fried.
2: He should be, and I I think Tanaka is maybe this is a good opportunity for him too because he got he got bombed last time. Yeah, uh, he was he was horrendous, and I think, like I said, I think this is going to help the Yankees because they're just such a good organization with so many good. The players. Um, in terms of Aaron Judge and Stanton, and even Lemayhu on the injured list, I don't know how much it will help them because it seems that you know every time the injury is almost done and they're ready to come back, there's another setback. So I never want to uh, you know count my chickens before they hatch, kind of thing. I want to kind of play it safe with that. I, I'm not going to say when they're going to come back. I don't want to jinx it. But hopefully it'll help them because it's just more rest, you know, and yeah. uh, more time. But I think that uh, it'll definitely help them. Now, in terms of the double headers they'll have to play in, in the future. Um, I don't know if it'll tire them out, but you know it could definitely impact a game here and there, especially the second game of any double header. Um, but we will definitely see how the Yankees play, and I think they'll play well coming off this, uh, this, this long stretch of off time.
1: And what do you think, Izzy? It- yeah, I, they might be uh, slow and rugged, rugged at the start, um, but to be honest with you, the Yankees, um, like, um, even if they're like a one level down, is just as good as probably any other team besides the Dodgers in Major League Baseball. So I don't think it's a huge problem at all. Um, I think you have way too many bats, and um, Garrett Cole, on a bad day, is probably given in two runs. Um, so I think the Yankees are going to be fine, especially, like, once they get back into a group, like, after probably, say, five games at least. They'll be at their best best form. So no one in their division can compete with them. And, um, honestly, no other team really can unless um, – you're the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, but um, am <laughs> <laughs> hoping for that World Series game to come soon. Both teams be fully healthy. I hope.
2: that would be a good series
1: for my Dodgers to win, but um, it'd be great. Oh, you got a cough there, is he? <laughs> <laughs> you, to, you, you should get that checked out. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I'm no. test it for Corona. I don't know if you have it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but no, nah, I think Dodgers the Dodgers and Yankees are a class above everyone else, and um, they should be fine moving forward.
0: And, uh, yeah, so I think this could help the Yankees because it really puts, you know, kibosh on the bad mojo from the sweep to the Rays. And then, you know, it was, um, you know, they can start anew fresh. Um, Do you want to end it, Joe, or shall I? Um, we have less than a minute left. Do you want to just I, restart? Yeah, I'll
2: end it. I will end it.
0: Do you want to just restart with less than a minute left?
2: A uh, Let's see if I can get it in. If it <laughs> ends, then we'll do it again. Okay. So I want to thank you guys for uh, the great podcast today. Thank you, Izzy, for joining us on the show here on Empire Sports Talk. Another great show talking about the sports world, the world in general. Um, Unfortunately, still in the pandemic. But knock on wood, I believe that things are uh, getting better here and there. People are, you know, wearing masks, doing what they have to do. And hopefully that it doesn't affect the sports world. And I'm very happy that sports has resumed. But I want to thank you guys again. And we will see you next time on Empire Sports Talk. Stay safe.
0: Wear a people. Stay safe. And thank you to my boy, Izzy, for joining us tonight. Thank you, Max.
1: Thank you, Joe. Appreciate y'all. Rob.
0: Thank you. Have a good night, everybody.